Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Dustin. And this is Maisie, the zombie dog. Yes, but you won't hear much from Maisie. She's no. a little naughty tonight. You will see a picture of her on the Facebook page and probably on Twitter. we got to start mm -hmm. doing better with Twitter. Um, this is Apocalypse Now. Indeed. Uh, the weekly podcast that Dustin and I do to talk about, well, we start off talking about The Walking Dead and right. Fear the Walking Dead. We've branched into other things as well. Um, every week, with the exception of the occasional holiday or travel or things like that, we get together and... <laughs> Or if I just don't want to do or it. Or if Justin just don't want to do it. <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't have you here. I can't have you here tonight, Tim. Don't come over. I don't want this. Uh, then we usually will watch something. Yeah. Know, it's been films. It's been Teen Wolf. It's been... Um, we hate watch a little bit of The Mist. We'll probably hate watch more of it. Uh, the other, it's so easy. It's so bad. And unfortunately, after two really strong episodes uh, with, with The Walking Dead coming back... Well... Um, quote unquote strong. I, I still have mixed feelings about last week. Well, stronger than average. Yeah. How about that? This week we had a episode that I'm gonna have to say I kind of didn't care much for. Mm. Yeah, and I love like I read all the 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 entertainment blogs and yeah. stuff. Uh -huh. One of my favorite things is on Monday morning to go in and read the IO9 review mm -hmm. of The Walking Dead, and almost always it's like the exact opposite of what we think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really weird. But, you know, whatever. Well, okay, so I just thinking about this, there's, um, it might have been cracked, I'm not sure, but somebody was talking about, somebody uh, published an article recently about things they watch even though they're terrible, what, you know, yeah. why, why we hate watch. And it's like this, this desire that some things are somehow going to get better mm -hmm. or, you know, um, this used to be good. Now it sucks, but I can't take my eyes off it. Somehow there's this thing that gets in our head. And, mm -hmm. and then this writer happened to use the walking dead as an example, that this is one of the things that they right. gave up on. And right before back, back before they created one of the best YouTube channels, ever and then fired their entire production staff i remember this article yeah so it was it you can you can really really enjoy stuff you can get these like dedicated fans that you just can't get your head around and while you and i have certainly had our hate watch moments mm -hmm. the, the, the articles that this started as before it was podcast it was written articles obviously um was entirely hate watching mm -hmm. and you and i would sit there and you would write very, very funny recaps and I would sit there and rant about what was wrong. Right. <laughs> why the, why is this broken? And then every now and that was season two. And then we got into later seasons where things mm -hmm. actually turned around pretty well. Um, but this coming back, the second half of the season, the first two episodes have at least been strong episodes. The first one was extremely strong. Right. Um, and I would say I would say the episode second second episode was Lost in the Plunderers? Five-eighths strong. Yeah, I'd say it was about three-quarters of a good episode. Yeah. This one, 
I don't think I could say that much. Yeah, well, they broke us off from, from Rick. Yeah. Um, and kind of let us know what was going on with the rest of, of erstwhile Team Zombie. Yeah. And unfortunately, I feel like it. the people that they broke it into are people that I don't necessarily know if we needed to, to see anything from at this point. Like, honestly, like, I would have much rather spent another 15 minutes with Daryl and uh, Rosita cleaning up the swamp so that, that the team could get through than to spend that same amount of time with Tara and Dwight. Well, there's, there's a couple of problems here. So first of all, the way the... Let's just do the breakdown here. It's basically okay. split into three stories. Mm -hmm. You've got um, essentially the Dwight story, mm -hmm. which is which includes Daryl and Tara, uh, and and the basically the survivors of Alexander. Right. You've got the hilltop story, mm -hmm. which is gets the least amount of screen time. This right. Week. Um, I almost completely forgot that one actually happened. Yeah. Um, so that is. You know Maggie's stuff going on there, and and then you've got um, Doctor Carson and Father Gabriel, right? And I, thank you Wikipedia because I would not have known that doctor's name. Yeah, well, I just had to look it up because that's I was like I couldn't remember his name either. And the biggest issue I think this episode really has, aside from it being a whole lot of hand of the writer moments, um, is that it really needed to have two storylines. Mm -hmm. And it's a toss-up. You could have done um, Alexandria, or you could have, I'm sorry, you could have done Hilltop, or you could have done Father Gabriel. And it should have been one or the other, not both. Mm -hmm. Because it basically made everything that happened with Daryl's group not have not enough screen time. Right. Because two bad things happened with Daryl and, and Daryl's group. When essentially, it's because it's, it's Tara and Dwight. Mm -hmm. Those are the, the characters we really revolves around. And they get shortchanged in a scene which needed to have more to it. Yeah. And the 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 swamp of despair with the rodents of unusual size. Oh wait, that's a different movie. Two um, different movies. <laughs> it's okay. Just two totally different movies. Yeah. The uh <laughs> it's like, it's so scary, we can't go in. And we're through. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the saviors can't possibly go no, in. No, the saviors would never go through there. Oh, you mean the saviors wouldn't go in and clean out the the seven to ten walkers that are floating around in that swamp. Like, oh wow, this is so uh, scary. Goodness me, I'm so I'm so afeard. I mean, it's just like, you know, it, it's a giant buildup to nothing. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally nothing. Um, and I think that story could have been. I, well, I don't know if that could have even been expanded because if they had tried to expand that story, they would have had to have somebody get taken down by a walker and. Frankly, we don't need that right now. Well, I think you could have expanded it. I think what, what you could have done is make it be more of a gauntlet mm -hmm. where it's not that the it's not that there are because I mean the, the zombies are in the water, which means they're not moving fast. Mm -hmm. They're they're a threat by sheer force of numbers. Mm -hmm. But there's we never see that many of them. What they should have done, in my humble opinion, is basically have made it walkers wet wet walkers forever. And basically turned it into just the brutality of having to slog through this. Mm -hmm. Where the heroes, it's not about the heroes being in danger in that scene. It's about the fact that it just keeps going. Right. And that could have been really, really creepy. 
in a in mm-hmm. a in a something and considering that this show right now is about what happens when you you can lose your humanity in a war mm-hmm. you know where the the desensitization to the to the other person the idea that you would basically literally have right uh, you know dozens uh, you know or hundreds of of things literally things you're not you wouldn't you're not killing a living breathing person could have been very very interesting this is not what they did mm-hmm. it's like oh okay so trying to get from alexandria to the hilltop and there are too many places where the where the saviors are shredding them and and Dwight says, hey. It starts off really good. I love that. I actually giggled a little at the opening scene, which is some saviors are up on top of this bridge. Mm-hmm. And they're on walkie saying, we, we're tracking the Alexandrians down. There's there's nowhere else they could go. We're going to find them. And then it pans down under the bridge. It's <laughs> all the Alexandrians underneath that bridge. And it's like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, of course, that's where Daryl would have them. Like, right immediately under. And then Dwight was like, well, the only place that they would not look for us is this swamp because it's so dangerous. And Tara, whose character has done like a, so many flip flops that she should run for oh, the Democratic ticket for president. Well, how do we know that? Why would he be taking somewhere that's too dangerous? Why would he want to take somewhere that's too dangerous? Like, shut up, Tara. For those of you who don't remember uh, and can get lost in the shovel, Tara's angry at Dwight because Dwight killed Tara's girlfriend. Mm hmm. Dwight is, of course, he's been a member of the Saviors, and Dwight has his own reasons for hating the Saviors and hating Negan. Right. And we have felt that they've done a really uneven job of making Dwight quite the character he needs to be for us to have the sympathy that he needs. Right. Sometimes they've done pretty well. One episode will be really, really good with it. The other episode will be like, why do I care about this guy? Why do Mm -hmm. they want me to care about this guy? (laughs) And Dwight's, his whole, his whole mindset in this episode is, I know I'm going to die. Yeah. You're going to kill me. I know that. But I just want to make sure that Negan's taken out first. Right. And and there's no illusions. And I actually I'm liking Dwight as as character. I'm not there's he's an interesting character. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily like the like the character, but the character is at least interesting. You find the take in music, yeah. is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's and he even reminds Daryl, like, my wife's the one who saved you. She's the one who let you go in the first place. And then she ran. And and Daryl's like, so she's out here somewhere? And he's like, I don't know, maybe, probably. He says, I hope so. But, yeah. the, but the way he says it, it's like, it's like, it's a thing he's saying to himself. Mm-hmm. He knows she's dead. Yeah. Well, we're all supposed to assume that she's dead. She wrote that letter that's saying I'm probably dead. But I have this weird feeling that she's going to pop up. Like, with, like, a stain on her little black dress and be like, <laughs> Hi, everybody, I've been living... I found one of those weird cabins that seems to, you know, to dot the, the Virginia woods, and I've been living in this cave for, you know, the last six months. Would I miss anything important? It <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't surprise me, actually. Mm-hmm. And then she dies terribly. No, no, <laughs> because he's gonna... We know from the comics, and, of course, things happen that... Because yeah, Carl's alive in the comics. Right, but... Nick, uh, Rick has two hands yeah. in the TV show. He does not have two hands in the comics. They, but they put Dwight in charge of the saviors. Right, well... When they win the war. Well, but, but see, at the end of the sequence, we also have Tara doing such an interesting flip-flop, mm-hmm. which is why this whole sequence should have been longer. There should have been... The problem with Tara's emotional reactions to Dwight is not that she doesn't have a valid reason for hating Dwight. 
she does. Mm -hmm. But for a character who was never established as being just a bloodthirsty nut job, she that's my problem more yeah. than anything. You have to have. Oh, and, there, and there's a great contrast we'll talk about here in a minute. But she's there's they don't give her arc any kind of arc. It's just right. like sw flip, switch flipped. Here she is, mm -hmm. killed Dwight. Right, and like we've said this before, in regards to her, she knows how easy it is to be taken in by this a charismatic leader. She was one of the people who stormed the prison with the governor. Right. She understands, changed sides, and became a member of this group. So, so yes, yes, and and she was there when Herschel was beheaded. Mm -hmm. She was part of the group that beheaded Herschel, and Maggie took her in open arms. Yep. So, in a, and I've, we've, I know I've said this, you know, probably 50 times, that's, that's why it's so hard for me. Yeah. Because she understands, she has been the recipient of grace for exactly the same things that Dwight needs to be the recipient. And she knows that, that these are people whose whole thing is, like, we are, we try to strive to have those good things outweigh those bad things. Right. And she's still like, I'm going to take you out into the woods and shoot you in the head. And I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with the contradiction of that if they let it be the contradiction of that mm -hmm. in the character. Right. They're not. It's just, and now this is how Tara feels. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's no self-knowledge of Tara going, I know this is wrong. Mm -hmm. I know... I mean, if that if they were doing that, right, I would actually be. This is interesting mm -hmm. because Terry is aware she's being a hypocrite and just doesn't care. Right, that would be more interesting than what we're got now. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's the problem with a gigantic ensemble like this. Like, if we had time, if there were if there were ten less characters on this show, then we would have time for Tara to process this feeling of, you know, do I but no, we've gotta we've gotta check in with, with Negan and we gotta check in with Simon and we gotta check in with those three that really jerky dude that's a prisoner of war. We gotta check in with the little blonde guy. We gotta check in with, with Maggie and Daryl and Rosita and you know, we have to spend five minutes with Morgan and Carol just to make sure that everybody knows they're okay. And that freaking little weirdo Henry. And, you know, it's just like if we could have, if we could have eliminated, like you said, if we could have eliminated a part of this story tonight. Just, mm -hmm. just cut out one little chunk and saved it for next week, or maybe never, then... Yeah then we might have had time for Tara to have a moment with Dwight where she says, look, I, I have been exactly where you are. And these people took me in and redeemed me and made me feel like I was worth something, but I don't want you to have that chance. Yeah. I would, I would love that scene mm -hmm. because that would be a very human, understandable scene. It would not make mm -hmm. her right. But it would be a, it would, it would be, be an acknowledgement of the fact that we know she's wrong. Yeah, and the fact that she should know she's wrong. Right. But this doesn't happen. Meanwhile, while Daryl and Rosita and Cannon Fodder three and four mm -hmm. go down into the to the marshland. Oh well, and, and the doctor. But his and, face in those shadows was just so Sadiq, perfect, Sadiq. Sadiq, well, you're admiring those cheekbones. Yes. So you know, I googled them. They go down into. <laughs> of course, you did. Uh, they go down and they they just tear through the walkers like mm -hmm. a hot knife through butter because 
Right. I don't it's know. It's super easy. I don't and know we, what happened here. And honestly, the, that part of the story, like, I agree with you now that you've said it. I was not thinking it during the episode, but I agree with you now that you said it. I think that a more compelling thing would have been, we have to get through the swamp. It's way more, it's very dangerous. And it was just like, you know, basically everyone with a knife. Mm-hmm. Plowing their way through stabbing, oh, you know, we have to eat, you know, we can't even count how many we're killing because we've got to kill them. Yeah. And the only person that doesn't have a knife is, is either that weird redhead lady that showed up to take Judith off, <laughs> off or the one guy that kissed Carol that one time that's been carrying Judith around. That's the only person that doesn't got a knife. He's like standing in the middle of the circle and all everybody else is around. Oh, no, no, they would have knives. The one person who wouldn't have the knife would be Dwight because... <laughs> She wouldn't let him have a knife. Yeah. But that's not what happens. They're off doing their thing. So so there's some walkers wandering about. And Tara's like, well, we got to go kill those. And you're going to come help me. And she mm-hmm. gives Dwight a knife. And he goes out. And they kill walkers. And and she says, uh, one left. And he goes, you want to shoot it? She goes, we're not wasting a bullet. Mm-hmm. And he goes, fine, whatever. And he gets up there. And she's like, eh. I think it's time to kill you. Yeah. He's like, okay, look, I'm aware this is where it ends for me, mm-hmm. but could we do this after Negan's dead? Right. Would that be all right with you? And she's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think that's all right with me. And he's like, fine, whatever. And then he runs. Right. Cause he's not stupid. And they get to a little, they, they, he gets up, runs out into, uh, out by a road. And then she sees him and he's just like, Okay, well, shit. <laughs> and suddenly, suddenly, saviors out of like, yeah, oh, they rush back into the bushes. <laughs> they parachuted uh, out of the sky, yeah. <laughs> and, and the saviors are like, well, man, we didn't find him anywhere. Maybe we should go down to the swamp. They're like, go down to the swamp. Are you crazy? It's <laughs> dangerous down in the swamp. He goes, they haven't looked at the swamp yet. And Dwight like bursts out and goes, hi, guys. I just spent the night in the swamp, and oh gee, were there just no Alexandrians in there? And oh, by the way, was that one girl that was with me, is she still around? Just a curious for a second. Because she happens to know, sub, subtext, mm-hmm. she happens to know that I betrayed Negan and really should, I should be shot on sight, but how's she doing? She okay? And they're like, <laughs> we don't know, we haven't seen her. He's like, okay, well, um, they went that away. Yeah. <laughs> And so Tara goes back, and and Daryl is mad. Daryl's pissed. N- you know, it's like I gave you one job, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, he won't tell. He's it's fine." And everyone looks at her like, "So what? <laughs> huh?" Because she, because the writers told her that she needed to have this epiphany, mm-hmm. um, that everything that she had been saying about him throughout the earlier part of the episode is no longer valid because he did something that she said that he would probably do, Mm -hmm. which is he apparently went back to the Saviors. Now, he led the Saviors away, but that doesn't mean he couldn't change sides. Right. We know that Dwight doesn't want to change sides again, but there is nothing in Tara's... There's no evidence for Tara that she should believe this, except emotions and the writer. It's, It's really frustrating. 
And then they make it back to Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Or no, they make it to the hilltop. Hilltop. I don't know why I keep and, uh, and they tell everybody that Carl died. And they have a nice little slow-mo moment where where Enid and Maggie and, and Carol all kind of like tear up and, and have different reactions. And, you know. And Judith doesn't make a sound. <laughs> Silent apocalypse, baby. <laughs> you know it's the apocalypse if the baby is silent. Well, they have another silent apocalypse, baby. Uh, yeah. like, Maggie has the kid that they saved from the, the savior compound. The yeah. savior compound that's un, of of un, unknowing floors. <laughs> um, and she's in her office, just like sitting there, like, hey. Hey, isn't it fun that I'm a living embodiment of the the terrors of war? Because you know you guys killed my whole family to get me here. I'm a baby. <laughs> but I'm I don't a, make any sense. I'm a, I'm a silent apocalypse baby. You know it's the apocalypse if the baby is silent. This, um, is, this is not the new theme song for the show, by the way. <laughs> I think it should be. I'll, I'll sing it. I'll sing it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. So that's kind of the end of the Daryl, Tara, Dwight portion. Right. And basically, the it dovetails into the into the hilltop. See, I said it right this time. Mm-hmm. Hilltop portion, which is basically they're running out of food. Right. And they're trying to determine what they're going to do uh, because for the non-prisoner population, mm-hmm. they're about. A week inside a week, they're going to run right. out of food. With... This is before all of the Alexandrians show up, right? And so, yeah, so whoops, now there's no food for anyone. So Maggie decides, and and so she, Gregory calls her down to the to the pen, and he's like, "Hey, I thought I think I've been in timeout long enough. Can you let me out of here?" She's like, "No, I'm not going to let you out." And then the blonde guy, who they're trying to make a thing here, and. I have, they're going to do either one of two things. Either he is going to be the guy that helps redeem the saviors Uh from after the war. He is going to be our, like, we're not all bad guys guy. Or he is going to be the guy that leads the revolt that gets all the savior prisoners killed. Wait, are you thinking he might not be trustworthy? Because they've built him up. They've he gets he gets a a a a line every episode. They're at the hilltop. Uh, what's the thing that they say in in Monty Python? How you know he's royalty? He's not covered in shit. He's the <laughs> cleanest one in that oh, yeah. pen. Like they they're obviously setting him up for something. Yeah, um, I kind of want them to and to just like die randomly mm-hmm. because every time Maggie comes up, he's like, "So Maggie, um, can we be friends?" And she's like. No. no, and then he next time she comes around, he's like, "So Maggie, about that friend thing," and she's like, "Uh, did we not have this conversation?" And later it's like, "So Maggie, maybe you and I could be friends," and she's like, "What do you want from me?" Right. And it's just really odd. So but, yeah, so she decides that the prisoner he's he goes, "Hey Maggie, uh, did you get my Facebook request?" Uh, and also, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if you let us out like maybe one at a time, just to, like walk around and maybe get into some shade and, and maybe just like not be in a pen with 30 other people for like an hour. And she's like, no, and for suggesting that you don't get any rations for two days because we're running out of food and I have to take care of my people first. Right. Well, once the Alexandrians show up and she has a moment where Sadiq comes up and lets her understand that despite the fact that they're, they're running out of things, 
at Hilltop, the fact that he has a place with people, mm-hmm. that they gave him things, that they gave him what little food that they, he was able to get from them. Um, he feels grateful and he wants to help. Mm-hmm. And he says, do you have a, do you have a medical clinic and, or an infirmary? And she goes, why do you need help? And he says, no, I've got some experience. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, I want to help. She's like, it's over there in the trailers. He goes, okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. And so she goes down and she's like, all right, two at a time. You <laughs> irritating person who, I don't know, is asked me on a date next week or whatever. And Gregory. Gregory, you little weasel. You can come out and, you know, walk around for a little bit. But it's, you know. No, no they have to go clean the stable. Yeah, they go clean the stable. So you and to- everybody gets quarter rations, but everybody's getting quarter rations. So it's not just them. Right. So... Oh, and by the way, uh, Morgan and Carol and dumbass little Henry are sitting outside the Savior's thing, and Henry is like watching them like a hawk, and and he's like, "Which one of these them their kids killed my brother?" And and Carol's like, "We're not gonna, we, we shouldn't tell him." And Morgan's like, "We should tell him." And you were you pointed this out as we had a commercial break, and this is this is an example of how you do this right, what they're doing wrong with Tara, right? Because we have flipped Carol and Morgan. Right. Their worldviews are polar opposites of where they were a season ago. When they first met. And it is it is so clean. Mm-hmm. And it's worked so well. Because, and it made perfect sense for yeah. both of those people to go through this situation to end up where they are now. Yeah. And, they, and the writers did a beautiful job with both of them. Where they took them uh, and, and gave them the kind of experiences... Where you can believe that everywhere that everything that Carol has been through, that where she is right now makes sense and it's true to the character, mm-hmm. and the same thing for Morgan. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this, because you know he's like, he's going to survive. He's he's learned how to kill. He's he's going to be okay with it. And she looks at him and goes, "No, he's <laughs> not. Yeah. He's a child, right? And he's traumatized, Morgan. Yeah. Do you not understand? Well, because he says he, he, she, she, he says, well, he's okay with it. And she says, no, he's not. And you're not okay with it either. Yeah. Like she points out to him that he is not okay, just as much as dumbass little Henry is not okay. Because you know Morgan has literally turned into a killing machine mm-hmm. and he has shut down that piece of him that didn't that that recognized that violence was the last resort mm-hmm. and now he's just like oh okay i'll just kill them all and you know and and carol was there too so mm-hmm. by the time this is done um after going through all of this after seeing um you know the the Alexandrians are right after learning that Carl had died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan looks at Henry and says, you know, "Gavin Gav- killed your brother, and you've killed him. You've killed Gavin. You avenged your brother." Mm-hmm. Which, in a way, is kind of true, but it was really that irritating, long-haired dick, and he's gonna say something stupid. You just know it. Little yeah. Henry's gonna get. He's gonna go in there to kill him and. Le- Oh my god, oh I just no. figured out what they're going to do. Oh, you're probably right, too. That long-haired dick is going to say something about it. Because mm-hmm. he knows he knows that Morgan's wearing the brother's armor. Because he, he has, said something about it. And he has no self-preservation instinct. Right. And so Henry's going to hear something about, hear that, and then go in there to 
to off him or whatever, which is going to lead to the moment when the, the saviors inside the pen are going to be able to get out, and hopefully in that moment, Henry will die. <laughs> no, little little blonde wannabe savior boyfriend will save Henry oh. at that point, thus keeping Henry alive longer so that he could get under your skin and just be like that rock in your shoe that just causes you to limp terribly mm. every time you move. That's what's gonna happen. I watched a thing, uh, Watch Mojo on mm-hmm. on because I I I am I that's all I do is is uh, media pop culture stuff. You know, you think that that the way that I love it so much, I I work harder to actually be a part of the media pop culture landscape. But here we are. <laughs> what are you saying? What are you saying, Justin? What are you saying? <laughs> anyway, um, and they were talking about I think I how, <laughs> how killing Carl was a bad, bad move because now Rick's whole motivation of protecting a father, protecting his son, a father creating a new world for his son has been completely lost. And the only way they can keep that would be to to make Judith into an actual character. And kind of the implication of it, and I thought it was sort of sucky on Watch Mojo's part to make this implication, is that that would not work as well. Because a father creating a new world for their son to rule is not as compelling as a father doing the same thing for a daughter. Um, I'm going to guess that whoever did that, wrote that, doesn't have a daughter. Right. Because as... Uh, a, a male type person mm-hmm. who has a female type person for a child. Mm-hmm. Um, the spawn of mine is pretty important to me. Right. So the idea somehow that Rick would just be like, it's not a, no, that's, that's the dumbest damn yeah. argument I've heard in a long time. No, it was a bad one. And especially considering like, as someone who is in the, you're, you're kind of done with your, I, I have no, I have no plans to have any more children. Your your child and, and she, your, my child is grown. It's like a twenty. She's going to be 28, 28 this year. Yeah, she's an adult. Yes, and you, uh, your children are not adults, mm-hmm. and you have two daughters. I want to raise my daughters to be fierce and to be, you know, sure. to to be able to fight and to be able to conquer the world for themselves. And I think Dustin is not actually training them to fight the zombie apocalypse. As of yet. Not yet. Give them a little Not more. They're yet. still fairly young for they're, that. You gotta give them a chance you know, to, you know. just turning 11. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to start them too young, honestly. Right. And, you know, I've got to, I've got to train Maisie into an attack dog. Exactly. Maisie the, the attack dog. beagle. <laughs> the attack beagle Yorkie mix. He's <laughs> gonna be about 18, 14 inches off the ground. <laughs> uh, anyway. But yeah, it's a stupid, stupid argument. But again, we have a moment. We have this episode that you know, that they they need to they need to get through this war so they can do a minor time jump and make Judith into a character. Yeah, well, she needs to be a character because we've stretched out her. I mean, this is season eight, right? You know, Judith should be five or six at this point, right? Um, she's not because that's not how time works here. So, anyway. So that's that. Mm-hmm. We do get a little bit of we do get a little bit of Negan and Eugene. Eugene, yeah, but it's stupid. We really need to talk sh- about it. It's also shot really oddly. Right. There's a whole bunch of straight head-on stuff of Negan, which is there's nothing wrong with that, but in the context of the scene that they're in, it's like a really dramatic hold on Negan shot. 
that just looks weird to mm-hmm. me because it's not that kind of scene. It was really strange. And as an editor, and, you know, I don't shoot as much. It's not really, you know, I, you know, I do do some shooting. But as an editor, it was like, why did you choose that shot for this scene? Mm-hmm. If it had been like, and I'm going to kill Rick, and this is what, you know, it had been like the dramatic. Well, I think you're weird. supposed to, I think you were supposed to feel like, because they're talking about Father Gabriel and the Doctor escaping. Yeah. And I think you're supposed to feel like maybe Negan is setting Eugene up for, I know that this is, that you let them out. So I think that's kind of, if I were going to make an argument, I would say that's why they did it that way. Because so, yeah, they guess... set it up, they set it up in a very imposing way. When really all Negan is doing is saying, oh, I'm going to set you up with your own team and you're going to start making bullets for me. And and uh, and Eugene is sent to the armory that he found three seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Where well, he turns out to be a terrible boss. Right. Well, no, he turns out to be a good boss. Not to his female subordinates. But there, he is sent... Did you realize he has sent the two wives that tried to uh, to assassinate Negan were the ones that were sent away? Yeah. Like, well, the only two wives that he's actually... Eugene's had any kind of contact with, the redhead and the brunette. Right. But, you know, that that's why he's not... He's, he's trying to protect his position. Well, of course he's trying to protect his position, but he's... It, it's just one of those it's one of those awkward scenes yeah at the end of the scene Father Gabriel has been recaptured and brought in to sort bullets mm-hmm. now to get to this point <laughs> now we have the adventures of blind Father Gabriel and the most unobserved survivor of the zombie apocalypse ever. there are there are too too many things wrong with this sequence here because it is just all wrong mm-hmm. it is all wrong okay um, if you have ever been sick with a viral infection and uh-huh. required antibiotics. Right. Um, you are going to, oh, I don't know, uh, have some idea what it feels like to... You're weak as a kitten. Yeah. And you don't want to do anything. And so, for you know, Father Gabriel has is, is sick, and he's apparently on the edge of death. His vision is starting to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if the virus has gone so bad that it's affecting... His optic nerves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctor's like, uh, "This is bad." Yeah, we need to find a place for you to rest. And Gabriel's like, "Oh, God will take care yeah, of it." Yeah, he said, and, and he says that, and the doctor's like, "Don't be stupid. We we still need to find a place for you." And and then Father Gabriel's like, "Do you hear a ringing?" Because the car broke down. Yeah, their fancy car, which apparently looks it's like a Jaguar or, or something. something like that. <clears throat> but yeah, here's this noise because because. Apparently, with his vision going, Gabriel is also developing uh, daredevil powers, mm-hmm. and because he can hear this dink dink noise, and they go, they, he walks through the woods. He's got no his vision is down to like these really tiny, narrow, you know, mm-hmm. pinpricks, and yet he's maneuvering through the woods very well for a guy whose vision's going. By the way, right. And I kept thinking, as the, as the scene went along, I kept thinking that maybe we were going to be revealed that Gabriel was like dying. Mm-hmm. And this was like a vision he was having, some hallucination. But no, it's not. It's a thing that happened, so there's spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but they, they, find this, they find this cabin, which I, I don't care how hidden it is. This is like so close to where the saviors are, they would have found it. Right. Well, it's, it's behind some, some camo netting. and it's yeah. like, But so they go in to this cabin, and, and <laughs> the doctor is like, okay, 
we found a place for you to recuperate. But that's, we still need to stop and like, you know, relax. And Gabriel's like, but God will provide. And he's like, look, this place has like the radio. And this guy was sending out messages of hope. I'm sure that it made him feel real good. And and <laughs> Doctor opens the door. And this guy is has like, it is the trifecta of suicides. Yeah. He's taken a bunch of pills. He slit his wrists and he put a bag over his head to kill himself. And his walker zombie is like lying on the floor. By the way, this actually, this reveal follows uh, the doctor going, yeah, I've checked everywhere. And it's mm -hmm. like, except the other room? Yeah, except <laughs> for the last room. So, and so, ugh. so they go and put him in the bed that this guy killed himself in with his walker still in the room, which is super gross. Super gross. By the way, did we mention that Gabriel is suffering from a viral infection? Mm -hmm. This is probably not the healthiest of things. Right. So, and he, like, stumbles over to the bed and, like, pulls over the drawer and is like, hey, what are these pills? And the doctor's like, they're the exact antibiotics you need to survive. And he gives them to, the, to him and his fever breaks. And Gabriel's like, uh, did I mention that God would provide? Yes. And, and the doctor's like, hmm, but... But surely this is the end of our weird kawinky dings. And Father Gabriel reaches out, slaps a piggy bank <laughs> off the off the desk, and it shatters. And what's inside? A map to the hilltop and keys to a car. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the, the doctor literally looks down and says, "You've got to be shitting me." <laughs> I was just like, "There you go." So, and, that, I, and at that point, I really was convinced it was just a hallucination mm -hmm. because the same thing that happened. The other thing that happens right there is that Gabriel's fever breaks like that. Well, here's the thing that they do, but just, I knew it wasn't a hallucination because this is this is how they treat Father Gabriel on this show. Sign of God, sign of God, sign of God. Horrible thing happens, your faith is ridiculous. Yeah, this is true. The, this show does not have... The only time they really treated a character of faith really well over the long term was Herschel. Mm -hmm. And Herschel certainly was not treated well. His faith was not treated well often. But overall, Herschel got a pretty even-handed treatment. Right. Um, for being a person, you know, who believed in God and, and had faith that, you know, whatever the state of the world was, he didn't stop believing in God. Mm -hmm. Well, Gabriel is kind of like the ass, you know, the, you know, he gets his ass kicked every time he, like, tries to let his faith be something real. Mm -hmm. Because the next thing that happens is that uh, while walking towards the garage where the car is, the doctor steps in a, steps in a bear trap. So, yes, because there's this, that, that thing that was making the noise was not a, the initial Gabriel thought it was a bell. It wasn't a bell. It was a metal sign slapping against the pole that it was, that it was attached to. Nobody looked to read the sign because the sign says, warning, traps in yard. Nobody reads this, mm -hmm. so it's like, well, why not? Mm -hmm. Well, the reason why not was so that the doctor get his leg caught in a bear trap, and the right. zombies could attack, and and Gabriel could pull a, a hand solo from Return of the Jedi, where he's like, Chewie, point me at you know, point me at Lando, and I'll shoot the I'll shoot the tentacle, and that's exactly what happens, right? Minus the Wookiee. You know? <laughs> and so they think they're going to escape. They get in this Jeep, and they are about to drive away, and the saviors capture them. Another pair, another, you know, saviors parachuting out of the sky. Yeah. 
And so they're sitting in the back of this truck, and Gabriel says to the doctor, he goes, I really thought that this was the way. I thought that we were we were going to get away. And the doctor looks, and then one of the saviors is not paying very much attention, and his gun is like just hanging there, and he says, this is the way. And he pulls the gun and is immediately shot. And killed. And killed. And they're like, well, crap, that was the doctor. We shouldn't have killed him. Deacon's going to be pissed. Oh, well, let's go. Yeah. And Gabriel's like, but, but. All these things, all these things I did to get him out of here, to get, to get him to Maggie. And it's, it's, it doesn't matter. Right. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then he, uh, for his punishment, he is sent to Eugene to sort shell casings for the armory. Yeah. And Eugene, because he's not going to develop enough bullets in time for when Negan wants to make the attack, he suggests psychological warfare and basically, you know, the blood and body parts of zombies use them as weapons against the folks at Hilltop. Which, the fact that Negan hasn't thought of this before is a little ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And not to mention that, despite the fact that Negan and these people all know because everybody knows at this point, there is no illusion in anyone's mind. You don't have to be bitten to come back as a zombie. Mm -hmm. You just do. Um, and so the idea somehow that Negan does this speech with with the the Lucille bat, and he talks about how you know he's smearing zombie blood on it, and he's like, and now I just have to. I don't know. I don't have to hit him. I just have to. You know, it's like, well, yeah, you do still have to hit him. It's it's. It's mm -hmm. it's a club, dude. You still have to hit somebody with the with the yeah. bat. You know, it's a weird it's a weird speech, but anyway. You yeah. just all you did was was add was add plus five poison to your <laughs> melee weapon. <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, okay. So but it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me that, that this is like now the sudden realization that we can use this as the stuff as a weapon. Um, well, it's not a sudden realization. Do you remember seasons ago where they were finding torsos with of walker torsos this was back when they when we thought that the wolves were going to be something right yeah uh and they would find torsos with the heads still attached and ch ch shattering mm -hmm. mouth walker heads and torsos without arms or legs like lobbed over walls into communities remember that was Everybody hates Chris. Yeah, those were in his community. They had W's carved in their head, and we're like, "Oh, the wol the wolves are going to be a thing," and then the wolves ended up not being a thing. So they've thought about using walkers. Well, sure, as but that wasn't the saviors. I mean, I mean, the idea that's that that Negan and these people would not have thought of this as a terror weapon, mm -hmm. considering how they built their business model. Just anyway, anyway, it just it just seemed weird. This was a really erratic episode. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. I mean, there's there's good bits. The stuff, the stuff between, aside from the fact that this is not how you recover from from viral infections with antibiotics, he should have been like horizontal for days. Mm -hmm. There is no way he recovered that quickly, and his vision recovered as much as it did. And I mean, he should be. None of that should have been happening, right? Because that's not how infection works, right? But whatever, <clears throat> and so I mean that, but but the. The interaction between him and the doctor was actually kind of fun in in moments, or it's, and and the idea that we were actually getting this glimpse where where Gabriel's faith actually mattered and actually was you could mm -hmm. actually there was a there was a tangible 
idea that somebody having faith was something that you know it, it wasn't it wasn't a duas machina right it was he believed and he happened to be right and you could actually that that's mm-hmm. okay sometimes but yeah it was kind of like and Gabriel the butt monkey that's mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what he is this it's it's like it build him up build him up break him down mm-hmm. and for some for a character that you and I hated mm-hmm. out of the out of, right out of the bat with this character um he got better right okay. and so this is this is disappointing but anyway that was it that was this week's episode true and you know not the greatest no especially after the last two which which Certainly the first episode. Oh, and we're watching it, and I, we didn't mention that in going to save the Doctor after he got his foot in the bear trap, Gabriel stepped on two different bear traps that didn't go off. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, again, another reason for me to think this was a hallucination. But no, it was a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And all for naught. Because oh, well. the, the Doctor, in this very scene, the Doctor should have been bitten, like, multiple times. Right. So yeah, that's that's this week, and then next week, Rick arrives at uh, at Hilltop, and things happen, and Negan goes to war or stuff. I mean, it's not the worst episode we've ever watched. No, no, <laughs> but no. certainly certainly not the best one. So we'll be back with next week with more episodes of The Walking Dead and more episodes of Zompocalypse Now, mm-hmm. and we will return probably with Maisie the Maisie the Zombie Dog. Who is asleep mm. on the couch? Yeah, and who is just—he's adorable. And that's a puppy. They she is. She is the too. most photogenic member of the new ca- of the cast this mm-hmm. season uh, on the couch. So yeah, <laughs> she will be the new face of the show yeah. because we have faces for radio. And as always, guys, if you could uh, on iTunes or podcast.com or wherever you're listening to us, if you could definitely give us a comment, give us a rating, uh, that sort of stuff really does help people find the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Zompocalypse Now is produced by Timothy Harvey and Dustin Adair. All rights reserved.